So let's talk YouTube. YouTube, I think, is the real estate investment of this digital world. And you're going to discover in today's conversation with one of the leading YouTube experts, he's the author of YouTube Secrets, has a YouTube subscription of over 2 million people. Uh, his name's Sean Cannell. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, we talk all things around the mindset, the strategies, the applications of getting started and then really starting to scale up your YouTube channel. And I think that uh, YouTube is still such a glorious place to be on because even though it's been around for a while, the level of investment that Google are putting into YouTube and the potential that it still has is immense. And so uh, if you're interested in YouTube and you're wanting to start capitalizing on that, you're going to love this conversation. We talk all things around some you know, technical gear and some uh, specific apps you should be using. But more importantly, the the commitment, the philosophy, the mindset that you need to bring to your YouTube channel to actually make it grow and work. And there's some really practical examples in our conversation. So I think you're going to absolutely love this, uh, this session with my good friend and YouTube expert, Sean Cannell. And as usual, if you find this helpful and useful, please subscribe and uh, leave us a review. We'll talk soon. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So, Sean Cannell, welcome to the Expert Edge, brother. Colin, I am so fired up to be hanging out with you and your community today. Oh, mate, it is good. I'll tell you what, I'm looking down your camera and you are clear. So are you. I don't know what you're using. You look super. I mean, you got the natural lighting, beach vibes, painting, the plants, a briefcase. Like, I mean, what's even in that briefcase? We don't know. It's like cash, stacks of cash. Just, that's my bag, bro. That's why I just put cash in there. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the way you do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I'm never not walking around with $50,000 in cash in a briefcase. <laughs> with like not. a hand with a handcuff, you know, cuffed to my arm. As if that's not obvious. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like I've got a handcuff. Dude, that is so good. Bro, I just upgraded my video equipment, which is kind of the conversation today about YouTube, which I'm excited about, but I just did an upgrade on my video equipment. I got What the, kind uh, of camera? So I've got the Sony uh, 6100 mm. camera, and then I've got like the 1650 mil lens with the hazy background kind of a thing. Yeah, it's nice. It's amazing. So, thanks, bro. Love it. Love it. Now, the big conversation we're going to have today is all about YouTube. And bro, you're a master. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I know we're, we're starting to get to know each other through a peer mastermind, which has been really cool as well. And uh, mate... You have, you know, over 2 million subscribers on YouTube and I know you've been working at it at some time. And I think this conversation is going to be incredibly useful for the audience and also for me because I'm really wanting to lean into YouTube uh, very soon. We used to focus on it a little bit, you know, many years ago back in the day, but I, I just think it's, it's a cool platform and very powerful. So, I know you're a unique individual, we're all snowflakes, but why do you think YouTube is, is powerful and like, why is it special? 
Yeah. You know, my thesis is that I actually think it's irresponsible for any entrepreneur, coach, course creator, anybody that actually just has a message, a product or something they want to impact people with to ignore YouTube. The reason I think YouTube is unique is with over 2 billion monthly active users, um, it has over half of the people that are on the internet that are active on the platform. It is transcending all ages now uh, from young Gen Z, even to 65 plus. It is integrated into smart TVs, phones, and really it's integrated into people's lifestyles and it's media. It is actually the place where you build your thought leadership you build up a body of work and it's the only platform where your content lives forever. If you do it right, you create a video today that can be viewed for weeks, months, and years to come and can drive not just business results, leads, sales, awareness, but it's also, we do business with people that we know, like, and trust. And there's no better way to get to know somebody than on video where you can see them, hear them, connect with them, see a demonstration of their expertise or how they can help you. Um, and even also see their personality and their value system and hear snippets of their story. And you build that up over time. That becomes an asset that's more priceless than a sale today. You know, in business, there's something that's so much more important than sales. And that is customers. I would much rather have a customer than a sale. I would rather have somebody that we're maybe growing in life together. And so if I write a book today, if I read another one in five years, someone's maybe been a part of that journey. Um, or if I create one of my favorite Australian clothing brands is called Zane Robe. And I haven't just bought one thing from them. I've spent thousands of dollars with them because I, I'm a customer. I'm a super fan. I follow their social media and I'm their clothes also you know, fit my body and I love the innovation and whatever else. So YouTube is like a fine wine. It gets better with age. You invest in good content today. And I think there's a reason why some of the most known and consistently influential entrepreneurs, whether it's a Gary Vaynerchuk, a Grant Cardone, a Marie Forleo, a Valuetainment, Patrick Bet David, an Eric Worre GoPro in the network marketing, why they invest so heavily in YouTube. The reason, and finally, probably the thing that is an opportunity and an obstacle is that YouTube takes energy though. It potentially takes more resources than even just starting a podcast and doing audio or being, and I mean, we're on Zoom right now, so there is the power to do video and audio and even start a video podcast. But for those that invest in YouTube, Tom Bilyeu is building a studio. He's hiring a team. He's investing in it, but what, what has that branding and investment brought him? YouTube is the new Comedy Central, CNN, NBC, and ABC, and it's free to use. But the cost of entry is just starting and hustling with your smartphone. But for smart entrepreneurs, especially ones with leverage, they're hiring shredders. They're thinking about who can be a shooter, editor, producer that I can work with that can actually help me uh, scale on this platform. And I think that's how entrepreneurs need to be thinking about it. Yes, you could kind of bootstrap and just start, but a lot of people listening to this should hire somebody for 45 to 60 grand this year to be their YouTube person because, and then commit to building up a library of work and it's like the tortoise and the hare. The reason many won't is we're looking for the present day tactic. We're spending 20 hours on Clubhouse today, which may drive a result today, but that it doesn't have a lot of replay value where people are watching my videos from five years ago that still build my brand. And so YouTube does go a little slower, just like investing, just like maybe real estate. Most of the time, my real estate agent tells me, don't buy the house 
unless you're really going to do something with a flip if you don't plan to hold it for seven to 10 years. So I think that's the way to think about YouTube. What is it worth to you to be the Oprah of your niche five to seven years from now? You essentially could have uh, revenue on demand because you're actually building up an asset and it's different than direct response sales, YouTube ads even, or Facebook ads to your course or whatever you're, th- that's a whole different deal. YouTube is about brand and influence and authority and legacy. I've said a lot here, but to me, that's why YouTube is a snowflake and is is different and why entrepreneurs, that's why I really believe it is irresponsible for those listening to this not to invest in YouTube. Oh, dude, I, I love your conviction. And I think that's why you're so successful in this. And you said that to us as, as peers and colleagues, you were like, I think it's irresponsible for you guys not to be on YouTube. And I just loved that. I was like, I loved how intense you were about it. Cause I know for me, I feel exactly the same about the stuff that I do. And I'm like that level of, first of all, let's just look at the level of conviction that Sean's bringing to his platform, which is just brilliant. I I just, I just love anything to do with sales by the way. And so that's what I first of all love. But second of all, dude, YouTube, for me, it's like this flywheel. And because it's fascinating, like I'm watching my YouTube channel grow every single week, getting more and more comments. And I love the crazy comments, by the way, because you can get some damn crazy stuff on there. It's way more crazier than Instagram or Facebook. But it's like I'm watching it just build and build and build. And it is the only social platform that grows organically and builds over time. And that's what I'm kind of hearing is like, and dude, what I loved, what you said was it, you're in it for the long haul. And because I know for me, I started this podcast and interview the people who are in it for the long haul. And there's so many flash in the pans in, in this industry. Wouldn't you agree? Like there's so many people who like come out of the gates, out of nowhere, start scaling, and then all of a sudden implode their life or just like, just have a 100%. massive, massive fallout. And so- I love the idea of like seeing it as a long-term perspective. So if someone, let's say someone's, you know, starting out and they're like, I'd love to start out with YouTube. Like, first of all, what's the mindset that you bring to YouTube that actually, this is probably a different question. What is the mindset that you bring to YouTube that you think other kind of people who aren't doing it as well don't? Um foundationally the mindset that you need for YouTube is, is commitment and consistency. And I think that if YouTube is an option, you will always find a way not to do it. For a lot of people, they have their day-to-day and I don't blame them. As an entrepreneur, you got your day-to-day fires you got to put out. You got your other things that you need to do. You have the urgent. It's kind of like there's that matrix where there's like um, the thing that is urgent and low value, urgent and high value, and then not urgent and even, you know, those types of things. And it's like thinking about the fact that when you put out a video today on YouTube, especially you, you don't see results today when you're first starting. And so most people, they, they go three weeks, they go six weeks, but they just go, man, this isn't really getting me the results yet. I've got all these urgent other things to do. And I just flat fall off the wagon. But when I think about commitment and consistency, when you get a vision that you want to be Brad Pitt fight club ripped, you know, I do kind of have a vision for this, but I'm going to be honest, Colin, like I'm not committed. Kind of like both of us, right? Sure. <laughs> I, I have it. I know I am self-aware the enough visions there. <laughs> that I have, I have not been committed and consistent to doing it because 
if I go to the gym once, I then look in the mirror after, I actually feel worse. I'm sore. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm puff, I'm inflamed and puffy, sweaty and red like a tomato. And, and I'm like, I don't see any guns or abs. And, and if I even do it for three weeks, and then of course life happens, some things happen. It's just really easy to stop going back to the gym, but any athlete or, you know, consistent person who works out knows that, well, yeah, of course, like, you know, you got to stay committed, man. You have to have the mindset, whether you see the results or not, whether you feel like it or not, because you're investing in your future. And so I think it's commitment consistency. And it's also actually having a clear vision because that person that is going back to the gym, they've maybe made their reasons so strong that reasons come before results. Like their reasons are maybe they had a health scare and a doctor told them like, if you don't get your health in order, you might not be at your kid's graduation. So they, they know they're doing that. Or maybe they're like, you know, their partner was like, listen, if things don't turn around, I don't know. You know, like you actually yeah. get another level of motivation. Yeah. And so I think if you've got a strong vision and then it's about commitment and consistency in the long haul and not judging your, yourself by your number results at first, but even mm -hmm. just judging yourself by your output results. So success on YouTube to me is just committing to one video a week upload for a year. And that first year, Dude, everybody listening. See, it's funny because we just get like delusional as entrepreneurs. We know how hard we had to work to get here, but then social media comes along and we're like, well, isn't this like a magic pill though? I mean, I, people are going viral, aren't they? Like, can I just like do this for, I mean, try like kind of hard for like two weekends and then get the, no, like you might get lucky. And the problem is marketers and maybe myself, in fact, actually never myself. I'm the guy who actually, speaking of sales, I'm the guy who talks people out of sales. I'm like, this is not get rich quick, dude. Yeah. This is freaking hard, but it's so worth it. And especially if you have the right strategies, because there's no doubt about it. YouTube has a level of a grind and, and you can't take shortcuts. Everyone's looking for automation. Mm -hmm. And we could talk about that. I mean, batch producing your videos. Mm -hmm. Yes, maybe repurposing content, using one piece of content in multiple places. Like that's really intelligent. But I think if entrepreneurs don't have the commitment, the consistency and the vision, and if they also just, want it to be like an extra thing. Like, can I, can I just hire somebody and not have my mind and my strategy in it? At some level, I don't think so. You've got to be bought in. So the key is when you actually can see the results on the other side and you get this, you're seeing the flywheel and the snowball effect. That's kind of all you need to taste. Cause once you see that it's not only good today, it is great tomorrow. And I think of it in terms of like digital real estate. It is like underpriced real estate, even in 2021, Mr. Beast, one of the biggest kind of entertainment YouTubers said, this platform is going to grow unfathomably large in the next five to 10 years. And any real estate investor knows, oh, what, an area that's going to grow bigger in the next five to 10 years. I want to get in now, establish myself, location, 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 be in a good location. And then of course, all the stuff you help people with, you know, really position yourself and your message, difference better than better. What's your unique genius? What are you bringing unique to the platform? Even if there's 10 competitors, you're still going to be different in the way you approach it. Um, and then just committing to it. Um, we could talk about tactics. I actually think that the results are almost guaranteed for a subject matter expert that's already a master at what they do. Now you're just, you're platforming that on YouTube, but no doubt about it, there is some work to be done. And I actually can respect the person who goes, you know, I've counted the cost of building the tower. And I don't know if I want to build that tower. I, I like audio podcasts because audio is just more manageable for me. Lifestyle is my priority. And I'm so dang good at direct response. 
that just works for me. And I'd rather just, you know, do pay traffic. Although iOS 14 updates, you just never can, you always got to diversify your traffic. And you so, uh, you know, like it definitely takes the hustle and the work, but once it becomes a system and a lifestyle, you know, mm. I think there's something about falling in love with it. And the final thought there is the mindset is that you are starting a show. Like, what is it worth to you to be uh, the Young Turks? That's a YouTube channel. What is it worth to you to be CNN or Tucker on Fox News? Equal opportunities here. Come on. So whichever, like you're starting your show. What is it worth to you to be Tom Bilyeu and have the impact theory? Or what would it be worth to you to be Oprah or Mad Money, Jim Cramer, or like whoever, that's brand. Man, you want to sell a course and have unlimited leads and unlimited sales and an ability to then collaborate with brands that you never could imagine you could work with. When you build up influence, influence comes first, income mm. comes second. And it's like brand equity that grows on YouTube. So to me, when you get clear on that vision, you go, okay, this could be a lot of work, but I've not only do I have the vision for the Brad Pitt Fight Club ripped chiseled body that I'm after, I'm now going to commit to the consistency and to, to actually get those results. So the mindset is, it sounds like the, um, and I think this is true for any sort of entrepreneurial success. So often, like there's no magic pill. It's just, you got to be committed, consistent, and you got to continue to grow and learn from what's working and what isn't working. And the words I wrote down when you were talking was asset. Like it's, it's a digital real estate asset, essentially. And I was having, dude, I was having a, I was having a whiskey with a friend over at my house the other day and uh, he's on YouTube and does quite well on YouTube. And uh, he showed me his YouTube like app and he's like, dude, I made, you know, several thousand dollars. Like it was quite a lot. He goes like this month from this one video. And I'm like, dude, that's insane. And it's just completely, it is literally automated once you've done it, right? It just keeps on producing. So what I love about YouTube as well is like, it's, really the only platform that I know that actually pays you to produce content once you hit a certain level and you can run ads on your actual videos. Like if you choose to do that, it literally pays you to produce it. So this whole like idea of asset and brand. And for me, when you said you have to decide I'm starting a show, like you have to have like a vision of where you want to go with it. And I think it's the same with the podcast and all that sort of stuff, but I love that. And, and I think that that's even for me, like helping to, to like frame up what that looks like. Love it. So if someone's starting out, uh, like they genuinely want to start a show, uh, but let's say they don't have a huge budget yet. Like what, what would you be thinking about in terms of setting up your lifestyle and setting up your rhythms so that it can actually become a thing? Great question. You know, I think I, I was going to do a, a podcast on this. And side note, I really recommend video podcasts. Um, just a quick rabbit trail. I was on a leadership podcast with Kerry Newoff. Um, and yeah, I love Kerry's stuff. Yeah, he's, he's awesome guy. And we were talking YouTube and Kerry does it on Zoom because he wants to have a conversation, but he'd only been doing the audio podcast. So I said, so, so he goes, yeah. So what I do is I have all the, all the videos that are on my computer, all the saved Zoom files. So I have all the videos of all my podcast guests. I go, Kerry, you have all the videos? And he's like, yeah, I got like a hundred videos. And I go, and you haven't uploaded those to YouTube? He goes, yeah, I haven't uploaded to YouTube. I go, Kerry, I am so disappointed in you. Um, <laughs> I love like, this. I, I don't even, I'm personally offended. Like I am a guest at the fact, I, I don't even know if I want to be on your show anymore. What are you even talking about? Even if YouTube is your second thing and audio is your first thing, 
you have these assets. So he started uploading them. And a lot of times they get 100 views, 200 views, 300 views, but a couple have 3000, 5,000. That's how YouTube works. A couple have 16,000. Mm. And then they start building. And that was just, he already had the zoom files. So when I think video podcast, StreamYard, zoom, Microsoft teams, I don't know, whatever, like that you could, you could tap into a video podcast. And I was thinking about talking recently on my video podcast about that exact question, rhythms, you want to set up a battle station. You want to set up a place that removes friction for you to create content. I mean, you're in this amazing room. What an aesthetic. What a nice natural lighting. You've got the jean jacket. Just relax. Just the denim. The, I got just double the, denim. Just the <laughs> denim. And you've got the turquoise waters and the wood frame that matches behind. You've got your place set up. You sit down, you flip on the camera. You've got you've got a battle station. You've got the A6100. So you're in a place where you could create content. You could teach direct to the camera and deliver some value, capture your screen and deliver some value, send that to an editor or just do a Zoom recording or whatever. You need a place. Of course, you could bootstrap if you don't have one, but just kind of like the real estate landscape has been shifting with everybody knowing they're working from home and like wanting home offices. I'm asking everyone listening to say, where is your content creation battle station. How are you setting it up that it's easy for you to just come on, flip on the light. It's an area that is conducive to your creativity and you want to remove friction and create systems that make it easy for you to create content. I think about things like Jamie Tardy from Everyday Millionaire. She wanted to build, it's an interview show with millionaires. She wrote the book, Everyday Millionaire, but she, because of family and kids and prioritizing lifestyle, she would do a weekly interview show, but always schedule all four interviews on one Monday. She would record all four interviews on one Monday, once a month. And then they went into a system that she built. And so the whole thing was sustainable. It would hit audio, it would hit video, it hit her YouTube channel. So it's about systems in terms of where you're recording, giving yourself even templates. When you create a show that might be intimidating, you don't need a bumper or a sound effect or theme music. Although I think you could bring, you could bring that in later, but maybe you start the show by introducing the guest, core content, but maybe you do a lightning round and there's always like, that's just a framework. So you know what people can expect from you, like templatize things. This is true for any business systems and processes, but you want to kind of like willpower doesn't work. We know that willpower is a finite resource that we have. If you have to, uh, where's my tripod, dude? Oh, the shirt I wanted to wear is still, you know, where, the, where's that thing? Uh, you know, the light kits in the garage, like what the heck is like you start running into roadblocks, which those little things matter. You want to create a place that removes as much friction as possible in your workflow. You don't want to get overwhelmed by that. Cause even what I've said is, is kind of a lot. And we have definitely some resources, like just like our YouTube checklist is a YouTube video that just kind of goes through. But when you start thinking about it, like a system, I think that's huge. So it can become part of your lifestyle. And many people think about this is the day I shoot my content. My friend, Tanya Liza, seven figure business helps network marketers with a lot of stuff. She shoots three videos at a time, five videos at a time every three weeks. So she always has a shoot day on her calendar. She thinks about what are the next five topics I want to talk about. And she's clustering similar tasks, AKA batch producing or batching your video production, your prep, kind of like Jamie Tardy. So she batches, these are the kind of the five titles. Here's the ideas for a while. She was giving like different freebies, freemiums, lead magnets for each one. And she had a team, so she'd work with that. But then she knew she was gonna show up. She'd have five different shirts, the pink blouse, the denim, you know, button up. Like she would 
like to change the angle in her house. She'd like move light kit, like move tripod and just kind of, she'd shoot them all in one. So because she shot them all in one time, then again, even though I said, you got to be committed and have the vision and the consistency, you also want to have the wisdom and the smarts that it's not like you got to do this 24 seven, you install the right system. And now you know that every three weeks you're doing a shoot. We shoot our think marketing podcast. We do eight episodes at a time over a two day period to give ourselves buffer, to create some thumbnails. That's another thing to batch. Like we have someone, you know, help us on our team. So we get some thumbnails, we shoot some photography. I get dressed that day, you know, put on some clothing uh, and bring a couple changes, you know, and I plan it all out. So there's the planning stage, but then we are two months ahead on our once a week YouTube upload that comes out every Tuesday, as well as the audio podcast. And of course, when you can install video editors or a systems. There's things like vid chops even. It's only like 400 bucks a month or it's like 300 bucks a month for four videos. You Dropbox the footage to them. It's like 650 a month for unlimited, meaning really you could give them a video every two days is the turnaround. And, and that's gonna be pretty overwhelming. So you could actually get basic editing done with something like vid chops for 400 bucks a month and you sit down and you shoot all your videos, those types of systems are the game changer that also allow you to let your YouTube channel grow like Carrie Newoff's is to where it's not even his main thing, but the channel, even with a mediocre, like just tell him that I said that, like <laughs> kind of a, but like uh, even with like a, a less than perfect execution of yeah. best practices, it is getting a lot of, and, and, and so maybe you just, not even limp along, like he does a great job, but even for 12 or 24 months, you do okay. And then the right person comes into your life that is like kind of an executive show producer and whatever. And then you take it to the next level. Mm. This is totally about the journey and, and about getting started before you're ready, starting simple, scaling as you go. And it's much better though, to like get that back to digital assets. My kind of real estate partner, agent and investor friend, was saying, get good deals. Like if it's a good deal, get one today and get another one tomorrow. Just get, get if it's a good deal, get as many doors as possible. Like if the numbers make sense, mm-hmm. like should I buy now or not? Is the deal make sense on paper? Will it be, still be able to be rented? Get the, get the deal today. Well, what about tomorrow? We'll get that one too. But like always, so it's always good to start investing today it's not going to be perfect today. Well, what if you got to replace the roof? Well, for sure, dude, when you look back, well, what if the market crashes? Yeah. But 15 years makes every real estate investor look smart. Time Mm. makes even the worst real estate deal look smart. So, (laughs) right. And so like, when you think about YouTube, like start with a good effort and good strategy today, but for every thought bouncing around in your head, I'm not ready. I don't know the niche yet. Well, what about this? Well, what if this? Well, I don't know. Perfection. Like kill all that stuff. Like just kind of get a clear, simple napkin plan together and execute on it and then evolve as you go. So what I'm hearing is like a framework that you can work on. So you don't have to like make all those decisions all the time have a battle station, which I set up when COVID hit, I kind of went all for that and got the, for me, dude, one thing that's been mind blowing is the uh, stand up desk. And so I can like press a button, stand up, do my videos and coaching and everything. Dude, that's changed my life, battle station. And really having like some, some systems, like I love that idea of vid chop, you know, for $300, you can do what, four videos a month. Uh, is that just vidchop.com? Yeah, vidchops.com. Chops. Yeah. .com. I'd love to know any other like programs that are simple that you recommend if they're starting to get into video 
and wanting to work on that, like what are some applications that you really like maybe on the iPhone or on the, you know, on the Mac that you really like? Yeah. So definitely download and update your YouTube app on your phone and then download the YouTube studio app. It's a separate app where you're going to get your YouTube analytics on your iPhone or Android. I also recommend vidIQ. Uh, it'll help you with keyword research. It's a suite of tools to give you insights to make data-driven decisions. vidIQ.com forward slash think is my affiliate link, free month, free of boost. But the free version of that um, is all you need to get started. In fact, once you kind of have some momentum is when you should upgrade. And so that's vidIQ, helps you with kind of keyword research, will give you video ideas. Is helps it vid.iq forward slash think? Yeah, so it's vidIQ.com forward slash think vidIQ.com. I think that uh, additionally, I mean, I use Google Calendar to mm-hmm. block time block and that's more productivity, but I use Google Docs to script my videos. So then I could just like put it to an iPad, open it up on my phone. My phone might be on my leg when I'm, you know, you plan on your laptop or your computer and then maybe you just have your, and I don't, I don't like teleprompter my videos, but I put bullet points in them. Mm. So that planning phase, like in our academy, we teach research before you press record. Huge key is you want to be going into your video already knowing what the title is and hopefully already knowing what the thumbnail is. Just like in good sales and marketing and persuasion and copywriting, you want to know, is this clickable? Is this interesting? And when you know what the title is, it actually shapes the content, not the other way around. The biggest mistake people make is they shoot a video and then go, what should I title it? Instead, basically come up with the title that's like an amazing promise, an amazing cliffhanger, an amazing thing that people are interested in, and then build a video around it. So that's a key thing for order. Therefore, define your title. And then vidIQ helps you do keyword research to even identify how much interest in particular Mm -hmm. topics or keywords, which would be phrases you would include in your title to know that people are looking for how to overcome the fear of public speaking in your case. And so um, you could think about different things. Those are some different tools. Then that, can I just say that made the biggest difference for me when I started looking at data. Um, And I can appreciate that at some level, when you start out, it's kind of like throw a whole bunch of crap against the wall and see what sticks. And then as well, like you combine that with looking at what's sticking and then also what the data is saying about your niche. And then it starts kind of growing Can you speak to data a bit more? Yeah. So the cool thing about YouTube is it's a search engine and it's owned by Google and Google is also the largest search engine. YouTube's the second largest. 65% of people go to YouTube asking a specific question or trying to solve a problem. And whether that's how to fix a dishwasher or how to become a more confident speaker or how to become better at sales or how to market their business, they're asking specific questions. The other powerful thing is uh, when you... So if you use a tool, a list of tools, number one is just the YouTube search bar. You know, we all know that when you start typing in YouTube, where to hide, and then it finishes your sentence, a dead body. So you're like, okay, cool. And you're getting that information. The obvious that one. Need. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> urgent and important. Urgent and important. And it, and it finishes your sentence for you. And there's a list of sentences, right? How to lose weight fast, how to lose weight for wrestling, how to lose weight without dieting. It finishes your sentence. Just the YouTube search bar that anyone listening can go do right now, that is telling you what people are typing in on YouTube in order of volume. You don't know the number, but it's actually giving you ideas right there. So that's already telling you how to structure and title your videos. And that'll already put you light years ahead of others because 
you're researching first before you press record. Then you can go to something like vidIQ, which their keyword research gives you YouTube search data. That's kind of like pulled from studying the YouTube ranked videos and amount of people search. So that it's YouTube search data. Then Google, uh, I use Ubersuggest. Neil Patel uh, bought that up and it's kind of a Google search volume tool. But here's kind of your ultimate goal. And Uber suggest you can do like three searches a day for free. Then there's like a paid version, but you could go there and you could type in, you know, how to start your Etsy shop or uh, intermittent fasting tips, how to remain in ketosis, like whatever. It'll give you a volume like homeschool versus public school, 3,600 people search that a month. What you're looking for, yes, the numbers. Yes, if more people search than less. Yes, competition, whatever. But almost, I sometimes, I think people get stuck in data. I just want to like verify intent. I just want to better understand the audience and wonder like, do is there even an audience for this? Because then by the way, if I can verify that no one is looking for this or nobody is saying it this way, I don't want to fall into the trap of answering questions people aren't asking, or I don't want to fall in the trap of answering questions the way people are not asking, if I'm not speaking their language. So that's a lot of what I'm looking for in the research phase is crafting my content because Google wants to rank videos based on relevancy. Is this just the specific right answer to that person's question? And here's the million dollar tip on the podcast. When you're especially just starting, you can really grow it's the slow way to grow, but it'll help you grow fast by really answering extra specific questions. If you're a fitness channel, you are not going to make a video on how to lose weight, like the three word keyword phrase. But when I even say specific, it's not even necessarily with how to lose weight in the title. If you review the best greens juice powder for keto. So greens juice powder, right? If you don't actually juice fresh, you juice on the go, you mix powder with water. Keto is even more specific than like vegan or non-G, like, and you get really specific, like the best sugar-free. So someone's looking for a specific product and then they find you. And when they find you, they go, oh, cool. Not only do I get the answer to this question, but that's the potential for a subscriber and you grow your channel one subscriber at a time. So when you answer specific questions related to products in your niche or topics in your niche, or, I mean, like you, this could think outside of the box. You probably help people with a lot of like theoretical or like bigger, wider topics. My thought is like, if you're an author, best software for authors is like Scrivener. Scrivener is a software. I've downloaded it once, never did anything with it, but glad I bought it. Uh, and so, so Scrivener, but then there's probably like a hundred ideas of like how to format in script. So if you wanted to attract and coach authors, which you didn't realize is you should just be talking about a hundred videos on Scrivener and be like, by the way, if you also, you know, want to know, I also help people like figure out their book and I got a bunch of other stuff, watch my webinar. And, and you did a hundred videos on software, even though your audience is authors, but it's about the Scrivener software because it attracts the right audience. And those very specific questions about like how to update your Scrivener app actually attracts the right audience and can lead to whatever end result you want. So good. So the, the big tip is get fully specific and niche down and that will attract, first of all, the right type of customer, but you'll rank higher, faster. And it's Google wants to rank relevance. So there is, it sounds crazy, but there are so many unanswered questions still because a lot of people don't want to go that specific and they don't necessarily either know or they see that goes back to the commitment to the long haul. When, when people get into the data, they see 30,000 searches a month on how to lose weight fast without dieting. 
you look up like best electrolyte drink or you like it extends electrolyte drink versus bears. And they're like, well, it's only 10 people a month searching for it. Yeah, dude. And I want those 10 every single month to find me. And if I keep adding videos to my library like that, give me two years and I'm going to tortoise and hair my way past every, because especially in a crowded world and, and the huge key there is when you're doing it smart, you also are that much clearer on it being the exact right audience. Because if someone is looking up Scrivener tutorials and you coach authors, like that's the exact right audience. So you're not just making general efforts. Uh, like Zig Ziglar said, you don't want to be a wandering generality. You want to be a meaningful specific. These hyper niche video ideas um, might only bring in five people a month, which times that by five years, you know, and then times that by 500 videos. But nevertheless, and then here's the deal. I said, you don't want to start answering questions that nobody is asking. Eventually, this whole game shifts. Eventually, you have subscribers. Eventually, you have people that like DVR your show. They're there for your show. Where's your new show? They're super fans. Now, this is why you go, well, I look at big YouTubers and they just uploaded like a weird thumbnail and they're like, you wouldn't believe this dot, dot, dot is their title. And you're like, what is that? That's not like a specific, well, yeah, dude, like they have influence. So people yeah, are like, you wouldn't yeah. believe this coming from this person and the subscribers see that. So it's not like th there's different levels and different strategies at the different levels. And this is how you get subscribers. This is the biggest question on YouTube in the first place. How do I start from zero? If I'm in obscurity and nobody knows me, there's so much competition. You got to find strategies to work your way and build that foundational 1,000, 10,000 subscribers. Then the game changes, and now you're doing live streams and hanging out and going deeper. There's all kinds of different content formats and opportunities that open for you, but some of these strategies can help you get that edge when you're starting out. Mm, I love that. So starting out, it's it's definitely about going narrow, niche, answering questions that people are asking. You're not taking on the big boys like the, you know, how do I lose weight? <laughs> that sort of stuff. How do I set up my... My video studio, <laughs> maybe yeah. you could hit that up, but I exactly. Cause I could hit that up. But in the meantime, someone goes like best headphone phone hook for standing desks, like mm. just, you know, and a lot of people aren't willing to cover that or like, you know, some it's blue ocean strategy to a level two. Like you just, you, you want to go to, uh, everyone's talking about a particular camera, a particular method. And let me give you one other thought because to be fair, search-based traffic and answering specific questions is the practical, proven, slow and steady way to build up your channel. But the biggest traffic source on YouTube is suggested videos. It's the swing for the fences method of, if you get sucked into the algorithm, then things can really blow up for you. And so to add value to your audience, the best way, and you could do this from day one, to do this is the strategy we teach called trend surfing or influence surfing. Influence surfing would be leveraging somebody who has influence and breaking down something about what they did, reacting in a way. So at the right time with the right video, with the right title, with the right topic. So I forget her name, but there was this incredible woman during the recent inauguration here in US who was wearing a red dress and she read this poem. And maybe this wouldn't be the one, but it's just what came, comes to mind. If you were to break that down as a communicator and someone who helps communicators and speakers, and, and you were to say like five things we could learn for this, here's a better example. Study the channel Charisma on Command. So Charlie from Charisma on Command, my friend, he'll break down seven things Biden did right or seven things Trump did right or wrong. 
this is influence surfing. So he's teaching off, they don't know Charlie or the channel, but they know Donald Trump, of course, or Biden, whichever. And he will talk about three sales secrets from Mad Men. He talked about Game of Thrones. This is influence surfing. They don't know you, but you can tie into pop culture, mm. not as some gimmick. You're not just reacting to just weird news. You are connecting it to your expertise. Three things public speakers can learn from a speech that recently happened. And if everyone's talking about it, now you're including in your thumbnail, potentially just that person. An example of this is I did a video called Joe Rogan podcasting or video podcasting secrets because I was teaching on video podcasting. He's the OG video podcaster. He's not just a podcaster. He also does video. And I talked not just about his channel, but how he even cut out clips about trending topics. And that video ranks for video podcasting, leads people to my world. It has 80,000 views. To this day, we get like about 15,000 views on a low for our content. So it performed well leveraging influence surfing. Trend surfing would be similar. That's more if something happened in culture or Super Bowl, or you react to the weekend's performance and what could speakers learn. Like you are tying into trends, seasons, and you have the chance to not really just rank and search, but potentially go viral. And if you're willing to share a polarizing point of view, realizing that if you actually stand for something, yes, some people might not like it, but it very well could get a lot of awareness. Uh, final example on this is Emily Baker, somebody who I've been helping for years. And she really, this is great. This kind of is like icing on the cake for the whole convo. She's been on YouTube for five years. She grew less than 5,000 subscribers in five years. From November, 2020 to February, 2021, she grew 80,000 subscribers. She is a lawyer, an attorney for her whole life that has all the credibility and knowledge and has actually been working in all these different cases and specializes actually kind of in influencer marketing contracts. And yet here's the key. She was kind of afraid to jump into the fight. She was a little bit afraid to start, but what happened is there's these YouTube dramas like Toddy Westbrook and, and James Charles, or even like different personalities in regards to YouTube. It was public record to read the lawsuits. So she started doing live streams and reacting to the lawsuits, like reading the things. So she brought her unique perspective to trends and influencers and boom, not only did she just blow up, she's on fire, like it's going crazy. So just in terms of also there is, I'm a huge fan of, I, I got money in Bitcoin and I've got money in real estate. Listen, it's it, to me, it's a little bit of both and of being smart on both sides, not either or. Real estate is the slow and steady, let this thing appreciate search-based traffic. Dogecoin and Bitcoin is the, dang, this might be crazy. Or we, you know, GameStop, like, let's ride this thing up. Let's see what happens. Hopefully you didn't bet the farm on that method. It's a little bit of both. And I think that influence surfing and trend surfing is something that you also just want to be ready for at the right time with the right thing that happens in media, with the right thing that happens in the news that ties in and you get fired up and you go, no, that's not true. Or that's not what I believe, or that's not. And that actually could be your very moment. Remember, you were always one video away from changing your life and business with YouTube. That's not a pipe dream. That's actually almost a guarantee if you just commit to the process. And it's like baseball. All I ever want is base hits. I want to get up to the, even if I just bunt, it's uh, people are like, boo, cheap, boo. And I just keep bunting and I just keep getting on first base. That's like the little search base traffic, like, oh, boo, it's not, that wasn't sexy. But then eventually the right pitch comes and you got the right swing. And because bases were loaded, that's a grand slam. 
and it's both in. Then I'm back to bunting. Sometimes it's a home run. Sometimes it's grand slam. Sometimes I get on base. And listen, sometimes I strike out, but I just keep getting up to bat. I just keep posting that weekly video. And when you commit to that over the long haul and keep learning the best practices and investing in it, man, you'll look back and be so grateful that you made this smart move and invested in YouTube. Mate, that's fantastic. I love that. And I think uh, we can uh, pull it in there, which is so good. So dude, I'm right. I'm writing down so many things. Love those distinctions of influencer surfing and trend surfing. Uh, and it's given me a ton of ideas. So I really appreciate that. Now, for those of you who are listening and would love to learn more from Sean, where are the best places for them to connect with you? Uh, specifically, obviously on, on YouTube, you run your Think Media. What's the best kind of space for them to connect with you on YouTube on if they're, if they're in their coaching expert kind of space and interested in YouTube? Yeah, I think uh, Think Media is the channel for building that battle station. Man, what camera, what webcam, what yeah. lighting. I think for like the mindset and building it out would be our weekly podcast because we just go deeper for the tactics and the strategies called Think Marketing. And if anybody wants to check out the book, you know, if you don't have an auto bull account, everybody in your audience does. But, you know, of course, you can always get it free uh, if you, but the YouTube secrets is on audio or just Amazon. And we talk about the seven C's of YouTube success. That's a framework where uh, you could get the mindset right. And I would encourage though, it's about learning and doing. I'm sure as you know, you don't want to get information overload, but you also don't want to take action. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting different results. So it's learn and do, learn and do, learn and do. So definitely anchor in with our stuff. Sean Cannell rhymes with YouTube channel here to help on the journey and then pace yourself and then start posting. I mean, I'm trying to say, you're listening to this. I want your first video up by the end of the day. Turn your phone in horizontal mode on selfie camera, hit record and be like, man, Colin and Sean, they said, start. So, Hey, I'm starting a channel. Uh, my name's Sarah and I'm pumped to be here. It's my first video. I am a perfectionist and I feel kind of weird about this, but, um, they told me to, to shoot it. So I guess subscribe and I'm going to try to upload a video a week. Don't edit it. Who cares about software? Who cares about the camera? Upload your freaking first video because there's something about tipping over that domino and then continuing to evolve as you go. You can always unlist it later, never delete it. You always wanna save that archive. You can always make it unlisted later, but the huge key is you also look back someday and it'll be that, that moment when you made a declaration about the fact you're gonna start your YouTube channel and uh, that'll create a spark of momentum that can change your life forever. So good, Sean. Thanks for being on the show, brother. Thank you. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.